What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dream of Water podcast. I'm always your host, Malik Craven. Today I have again, you know, new fan favorite, new guest. I mean, not new guest, old guest. Ray, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm happy to hear that I'm a fan favorite. <laughs> hey, people, you know, people swipe up. You know, they say that you make some good, you know, some good points, some good opinions. So, you know, starting to be a fan favorite. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, um, how am I doing? Pain. That's how I'm doing. Pain. <laughs> um, oh, let's let's just go ahead. Let's just jump right into it. Um, if everybody doesn't know. I don't even know the final score, but Buckeyes lost big to Alabama. Um, Saray, would you like to go first? Um, I'm a. I'm a, you know what? It's your podcast. I'm gonna let you get your rent off, man. It's the floor is yours. All right. Um, fir- fifty-two to twenty-four. By the way, was the final score. 52. Appreciate you for that. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um huh, where do I even start? Um, first, let me give credit to Alabama. We got completely outcoached. Um, Nick Saban showed why he's the goat. Steve Sharkeesian showed why. He's gonna. He's a great offensive mind. We got out coached. Maybe not special teams, but at the both other two important levels, offensive defense. We got out coached. Um, Sean Wade. I'm at the point where you need to come back, bro. Like, oh gosh, like Sean. Like, oh, where do I even start? Okay, let's start here. Kerry Combs got coached cir- circles around him last night. He. Yeah, he did. He couldn't stop. He couldn't stop a fly. He couldn't stop. No, he couldn't stop anybody. Like, did we not watch the Heisman? Like, did we not watch the Heisman ceremony? Like, Devontae Smith, who did everything in the first half, had an amazing game. Uh, hope his hand's okay, but they legit literally didn't need him the whole entire second half because they were whipping. Yeah, so... Um, I'll give credit to Alabama. They used them in a lot of creative ways. I thought that was smart the way they did that like fake motion and brought him back there in the same way he came from. But then there was just certain plays like that. The thing is third touchdown where he's beating our middle linebacker. Like, why are we in cover three? Like, why is the safety so far deep? I understand you're getting scared of getting burnt, but like, dude, you're like 15 yards off of him. Like, well, you get in his face a little bit, like. Um, tough Borland just looked bad. You know, I understand he's a true, he's that true middle linebacker, run stopper, and you were bouncing off Najee Harris like, like you were, yeah, you, you didn't look good last night. Um, defensive line couldn't get any pressure at all. Like, Mac Jones had forever to throw. He always had a clean pocket. Um, and, you know, I'm not the Ohio State fan that goes with, you know, Oh, we have players out on COVID. I don't care. We hey, next man up. We have too many four star, five star recruits. Next man up. So defense. Hey, y'all had your worst game of the season. You know, second was Indiana, but <laughs> y'all by far had the worst game of the season. Offense. I think we gave up a little too early. Um, I think. You know. It was it was a 
once Trey Sermon got hurt, I kind of knew the what was gonna happen. Hope he's okay. Um, don't don't know why we just didn't come out with that urgency. Um, Justin kind of looked a little lethargic, like he was like, "Yeah, so it's another game." He didn't come out with that same fire that he had for Clemson, and that's I think where I want to, you know, sort of finish off this rant is that it felt like we our national championship was against Clemson. The whole team seemed like they came down and they said, well, we beat Clemson, so there's that. You know, it it just it just wasn't a good look last night. We just didn't look like we wanted to play that game. We looked like our national championship was getting beating Clemson. And we got our revenge, which was great. Um, but I would have preferred sending Justin out on top. A high note. Yeah, a high note. Higher than what he went. Um and I will finish with this. That seemed, that team at Alabama seemed like they were destined. Like, just kind of like the same way you felt uh, LSU was going to win it all last year. They had that same type of feeling. I mean, that team had chemistry throughout the roof. They were blowing out everybody. Defense, of course, didn't play, you know, um, well, they played pretty good against us, but like all entire season didn't play amazing, but they were decent. Offense couldn't be stopped. You know, Devonta Smith, Heisman winner since Desmond Howard uh, at the wide receiver position. Najee Harris couldn't be stopped by anybody. Mac Jones had a great year. I mean, it just felt like that team was destined to win that national championship. And, you know, I don't care, you know, how good my Buckeyes would have been. It just feels like Destiny couldn't have stopped that. Um, okay, this is what I'll, I'll start here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I, 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 I don't do box score scouting because, you know, you and I, if you watch the game, the game will really tell exactly what happened. But something that really stuck out to me, and I don't know if you can attribute this to Alabama's defense, if it's Ohio State's scheme. Time of possession last night, Alabama, 37 minutes, 26 seconds. Ohio State, 22 minutes, 34 seconds. Yards per pass, mm-hmm. 5.9 yards per pass for Ohio State. Yeah. Mac Jones, 10.3 yards per pass. So that tells you right there just from if you didn't watch the game and you just look straight at the box score – that tells you Justin Fields is not pushing the ball down the field. Right. And it's not easy to do that against these these the secondary. And I think, for one, I think that's something Ohio State either A, wasn't ready for, or B, I just think that this was the best defense and secondary that they've seen all year and just really weren't prepared for that level of speed. There's no defense in the Big Ten that has this level of speed. Right. This level of talent. Not Indiana, not Penn State, not Michigan. You can put any other, not Northwestern. North, and Northwestern may be the only one, okay? Northwestern may be the only defense. And even then, Northwestern's defense, in terms of speed, is not on the level of Alabama's defense. We can all agree to that. Right. This game, Devonta Smith played one half of football. One half. Okay. And in one half, he amounted to 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns in one half of football. 
Jalen Waddle was out there. He really was not effective. For one, shouldn't have been playing. He shouldn't have played. You, you, exactly. And two, he was just out there, right? I think he had like, three or four catches, but again, nothing major. Yeah. And Steve Sarkeesian, all year with Waddle being out, did a fantastic job of moving Devonta Smith around so he can get his touches and get his looks. Yeah. It was the same thing last night. Ohio State ran a ton of cover three last night, and it got destroyed. And, we, and they've been running this. They've been running the same cover three scheme for so long. Like since Urban Meyer was there, they've been running that type of spotty cover three. Like it's it's not a new look. Yeah. And if there's ways you can run cover three, but if you got dudes that are literally beating you up to seam, which happened, is an issue. And then on the goal line, Ohio State is an extremely man coverage heavy team they just love to go man because and they're used to having really good secondary to do that right they're, yeah. really, they're used to having the good pass rush to do that. <clears throat> right there are plays where devonta smith is uh, orbit motion it's you know fake jet motion all that type of stuff just it's just eye candy and one play that particularly stuck out to me was i think it was on devonta smith's last touchdown he went in motion left and Sean, no, I want to take that back. I want to say it was, it may have been uh, Bolden, the receiver Bolden, who went in motion. I could, I don't remember who it was. But Sean Wade was in coverage and literally is just jogging across yeah. the formation. No effort, piss poor attitude. It just looked like he didn't want to be out there. Yeah. It really just looks like he did not. He needs to go back to school. I wrote up his final evaluation and I gave him a third round grade. If he doesn't declare, I'm just going to delete the whole scouting report. Yeah. Because what I've seen this year, I, I'm, I'm high on the, the the ability to move to safety, which is why I project him as a third-round pick. But what we've seen from this year, man, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's been bad. Like, really, really bad. He had some good plays last night. I want to just – I don't want to sound so negative on him. He had some – he made some plays in coverage, but it was when the game really was over. You know what I mean? It wasn't really when it, the game was in reach. Right. And to be honest, if Mac Jones doesn't fumble that football, you guys probably go down twenty-one to seven. Right? Yeah, definitely. Instead of instead of that, that the points you guys got down because it was a field goal, it was like, ended up being fourteen ten, correct? Yeah. Okay, so no, 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 no. I think we no, we tied it up. So yeah, y'all tied it up. Okay, at that because yeah, it was fourteen fourteen. You're right. At that point, I do think that it should have been. 21 to 7. That, that, I mean, either way, it was a blowout, but it's just so much stuff that went on. Alabama did a good job of moving Devonta Smith around, and it looked like Kerry Combs, the inability to make adjustments was really baffling to me. Yeah, definitely. It, it looked like he just didn't have a game plan for stopping Devonta Smith, and you're not going to completely shut him down, but at least try to manage him and make other people beat you there was a that play against tough Portland. i think you guys were like in a cover two it was like a too high look yeah middle of the middle of the field and tough Borland is the one and and coverage responsibility with devonta smith we can't have that can't at all <laughs> because t- tough Borland for one already struggles in space right playing in space is not his strong suit he is a downhill run stuffer that's who he is he's not a player you want in, in space He's not Pete Werner. I really like Pete. He's going to be a, a, a good off-ball linebacker at the next level. I think Pete's going to be good when he's given the opportunity. Tough Borland has been there for a very long time. You should know that this is not the guy we want in coverage running with Devonta Smith. You, should, you don't even have to know football like that to know that that shouldn't even be happening. 
So it just looked like the whole time Devonta Smith was just running around doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. There was like no game plan that like was like okay we're gonna make somebody else beat us. And then Najee Harris, he only had seventy nine rushing yards. But when you watch the game, it looked like it was worse than 79 rushing yards. I'm shocked that you said that. I, I, I went to go fact check you right now. <laughs> 22 carries, 79 touch, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. You watch that game, you would have thought he ran for like a buck 50. Exactly. It was just a punishing attack. And Ohio State, to be honest, when you guys went into the half, it was what, 35-17? I, I, so. I know you didn't want to risk, you know, turning the ball over on downs or whatever happened, I would have tried to get points before half instead of just punting the ball back because Alabama ended up getting points. Yeah. And I know that's risky because you were like, you're inside your own 25 at the time. I know that's me just not being the coach. Hindsight 2020 is probably easier for me to say that because Alabama went down there and scored. If Alabama doesn't score, then maybe we don't make the comment. But it just kind of looked like you guys just, I don't want to say gave up, but just it's just like, eh, all right, we, we, we've accepted our fate. We're not going to win this game. And at one point, it looked like it could have got close again. And Alabama was like, nah, we're, 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 we're too. They're just literally just a way better football team. Like that, the numbers came out for the most watched college football game, national championship game. Last night's game, I think, was the most least watched college football playoff game since the college football playoff has been a thing. Hey. Hey, I, That's, and it, doesn't, it doesn't shock me. <laughs> it doesn't shock me. No. I, it's just it's just crazy, man. I just don't – I don't know, man. I, I, I think that Sean Wade needs to come back to school. Uh, Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama, needs to come back to school. Um, and Sean Wade, realistically, you need to evaluate yourself as a player. And it just really makes sure – is this what you really want to do? Because what the tape he put on in 2020, it was not great at yeah. all. It yeah. wasn't great. And who knows? He, he Go back to school. He, he Seriously, it would not be a good idea to leave. Like, it would not do him well if he left right now. He may end up getting, like, a fourth or fifth round grade from what we've watched. Yeah, so um, you made a good lot of good points. Uh, a couple of things that I also wanted to point out from the game. So after – so this is, this is why I felt like we didn't – this is why I felt like we gave up. So to after halftime, we forced Alabama a field goal, which in my opinion was huge. Yes, it was. Um, then we go down and score in three plays. Um, yeah, because Justin – yeah, because we had um, – yeah, we scored in three plays. Only took us a minute and two. Cool. Now, you know, Alabama does drive the ball down the field, which was a, a tad bit, tad bit annoying because, you know, it was completely with backups, like, you know, Brian Robinson Jr., like, it wasn't even Najee Harris. I think Devonta Smith was out by this point. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle got a catch on that drive, but, again, he shouldn't have even been playing. We could we could talk about that uh, in a little bit. But, they okay, they go down and score. They go up um, 45-24. In my opinion, that's still three touchdowns. You have a whole fourth quarter and then still a little three minutes and 53 seconds left. In that third quarter, you just scored in a minute. Why, why not? Why not? You know, try to get a touchdown. And we came out, and we had, in my opinion, the worst drive of the hat of the of the quarter, 
Cause we just we tried to run it to Master Teague on third and third and four, and then fourth and one, it was just too predictable. If you want to, if the game's on the line, put your the ball in your, in your best player's hands, which is Justin Fields. And I'm not telling him to run it, but I'm saying you know his favorite targets Olave. Garrett Wilson was having a pretty good game. Find somebody. Yeah. And so I felt like after that, after that specific series, after we went four and out. That was game. Alabama went to go down to score again, and you know that was basically end of the game. But you know, it it just felt like we gave up. Um, but more importantly, I feel like we got out coached, and we were too focused on Clemson and that win to fully and correctly prepare for this game. I think the biggest takeaway from all this is you guys got out coached. Yes, obviously you guys got outplayed, right? But I, the, the coaching part is what was really baffling to me. That there, it looked like there was no game plan around how to stop Devonta Smith, and it just looked like everything that Steve, everything that Terry Combs called Steve Sarkeesian had a counterpunch for. Yeah, and at some point you got to be able to counterpunch right back, and it just didn't look like Terry Combs was able to do that. It's like Steve Sarkeesian threw a jab, and then came another jab, and then it came the left hook, and. Terry just stood there and took the punches. Right? Yeah. Like there was no, there was no countering what was happening. And I know Texas is happy to see that game, you know, because Steve Sarkeesian is going to go over there and hopefully, yeah. you know, be successful. But that, that, that's my huge takeaway: is you guys got out coached. I've never seen an Ohio State team get out coached that bad. Maybe going back to the thirty-one loss to Clemson and Deshaun Watson, like when Urban was there. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That, that, that it just didn't sit well. I mean, the energy looked off, and it just. I think I think once Alabama really jumped on you guys fourteen zero, I was like okay, and then you guys went and you know tied it up. The game got close. I think the more Alabama just you know they kept scoring and they, when they started to just move the ball at will, I think that's when you guys' confidence really got taken away. Your 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 energy was different. It just didn't look the same. Which and again, you know I while I agree with that, um, that you know. I can understand that from a defensive perspective, but that still doesn't answer, you know, why the offense wasn't clicking. I mean, there's no there's no excuse on why we at least didn't get 30 points. I, um, yeah. you know, like I said, I thought, you know, we I knew if we were going to win this game. Justin was going to have to have a big game. I mean, of course, we didn't know. We didn't expect Trey Sermon to get hurt, but we was going to expect him to have a big game. Master T did pretty decent for – his running style and his his talent. Um, I think that losing Trey Sermon was a huge thing because yeah. he's been so well for you guys, and not having that consistent running game that he has been just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't sit well. It just wasn't a good game. It was, and again, you know, like I said, I don't. I'm not using the excuse of COVID because it's it is what it is. We have players out, but I think. Us losing, um, us having our backups like Master T is a great running back, but in the pass catching game, he's hor. He's not. I wouldn't say horrible. He's not good. Um, and then the backup behind him because, and first of all, when Ohio State recruits, where do you get these running backs with these names? Master Teague, the our fourth st- string running back is Steel Chambers. So. But that's another conversation for another day. But he has fumbling problems, so you bring in Marcus Crowley, 
who just came back from a torn ACL, but hasn't legit hasn't carried the ball all year. Yeah. So, uh, it was tough. Um, yeah, man, we we just had all you know it stacked against us in Alabama. They just they just all they all played us and they all coached us. It's just that simple. Um, again, I wish Justin luck. I mean, Justin feels luck at the next level. You know, thank you for your services. I still remember the day I screamed like a little girl when we, I heard you were transferring to us. So, um, it happens, man. It's all right. It does. So, before we get to what we're looking forward to in the NCAA next year, um, let's do. Would you like to talk about the decision that Nick Saban kept letting Waddle play throughout the game? Yeah, I'll be brief on this one. Um, I know they left it up to Waddle, and you know Saban said it, he's going to trust the player. But as the coach, you've got to understand when you threw him out there that it was a fractured ankle or a broken ankle that he had, and yet that he was medically cleared to play. You just knew that after that one catch, he's limping, right? That that should have been it, right? I would took his helmet. Yeah, and I mean, just from the coach standpoint, Saban's got to be better than that because at the end of the day, this kid does have a future. Right, he's a projected, you know, first round pick, top ten, top fifteen to be to be well, to to be more clear. Right, that's a lot of money on the line, and you don't want injuries messing that up. And um, I, I don't know, just Saban should have kept him off the field. I just leave it at that. I agree. Um, like you said, after that first, um, after that first uh, catch, and he comes off limping off the field, I'd have snatched his helmet and uh, gave him a big hug and said, "Thank you." for you know everything you've done and good luck at the next level um because he yeah i i think at a, as a head coach you know you do have to make those decisions for your player because i mean we're both were you know players and competitors you're not as you're not taking me out of the natty you no know? but at, there's that point in time where you've got to be the man in charge and realize that you just can't go exactly so you know, I think Saban should have been a you know a little bit more you know advocating. Say, hey man, hey, it's you know you're not good, so we're gonna go ahead and sit you down. Just continue to keep cheering on your teammates like you've been doing all season, and you know, thank you for going out there and at least trying. You know, so um, we'll we'll move on from the natty. Um, again, congratulations to Alabama. You know, wonderful season. Um. You know, Heisman Trophy winner. You basically won every award: best center, best running back, best receiver, best running. I mean, quarterback. Like, you know, is very you know dominant season, dominant winning national championship. Congratulations to y'all. Um, so I was telling Saray off air that this feels like it's a new leaf is turning over, and a lot of new talent is, you know, finally gonna get their chance here at these big time schools, like. You know, DJ uh, Ugalele, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the next step for um, Spencer Rattler, um, you know, and, and all these new players. I'm excited to see another year of De'Aaron King at Miami, um, see how he progresses, you know, after another year in that system. Um, so, Saray, I want to ask you, you know, what are some things that, you know, you're probably most excited excited to look for, not only in Miami, but just in college football in general? Uh, speaking for next year, obviously? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, would be fun. You already talked about DJ at Clemson. Um, Charleston Rambo, receiver from Oklahoma, uh, transferred to Miami today, so that'd be fun. Oh, are you serious? Um, yeah, he did. Um, Look at Jerry. y'all. Look at <laughs> y'all. You know we win the transfer portal. This is what we do. We, we, we are the best in terms of getting people out of the transfer portal, and that's always going to happen. Um I just, from a college football standpoint, I really just want to see the playoff expanded. I mean, there's not much we're going to do about having the same teams every year in Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, there's not much we could do about that, right? But in terms of just giving other teams a shot, I'd like to see that. And from a football fan standpoint, it'll make it more fun to watch. Um, you got to find ways games? to make up all the... If there's eight teams, that just means there's going to be eight games, right? Okay. I mean, I'm not... I mean, because, right, you got to think the... Four, there's four teams, there's two games, right? You got the bowl game and the national championship. So, I mean, there may be more than eight, right? Because you're going to keep advancing options. There's going to be more than eight. But, um, I guess, no, I guess, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how they would do that. I don't know. But you've got to find a way to recoup some of the revenue you lost in a weird year with COVID. But also, fans are tired of just seeing the four. Yeah. And again, like expanding the playoff, will that make it? Will, will we still see Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? Yes. So, like expanding the playoff from that standpoint won't do much. But giving us a new look, it's different. So, like if one had to play eight, or maybe the one overall had a bye, two had to, you know, I don't know. It's you can't really give them a bye because it's not an odd not, not, not amount of teams, but. It'd be weird. I don't know. One plays eight. So let's say Cincinnati was eight. They'd have to play Alabama. Cincinnati probably gets steamrolled, but it's a new look, right? Yeah. Like it gives those those smaller schools a chance to to really get opportunity to get in the playoff. But that's what I'm excited to see. So hopefully they expand the playoff. Um, excited to see the like the new leaf. Like you said, no more Trevor Lawrence, no more um, Justin Fields. Maybe um, there's still great college quarterbacks out there, but in terms of like the huge names you've been watching for it feels like forever. It's gone, right? So it's a, it's a new leaf. Spencer Rattler, you talked about De'Ara King. Just excited to see uh, something different, man. Just want to see something different as far as the playoff system goes, really. I 100% agree with you. I, uh, I'm looking forward to um, Bryce Young um, at Alabama. I'm looking forward to seeing the quarterback battle in um, in Ohio State. You had two five-star recruits that sat out of Justin Fields. Yep. Um, Jack Miller and CJ Stroud. Personally, I like CJ Stroud. Me too. But he is really good. He is, but you know, of course, and uh, you know, I wouldn't say rumor reports, but I've I've heard that him and Justin had a close relationship, so maybe he learned some more things than Jack did. And then on top of that, I think we did uh sign another five star quarterback. So um. As a true fresh that's coming in as a true freshman, so I you know I'm excited to see that QB battle. Um, you know we've you know I'm happy as a Ohio State fan that we're recruiting all these quarterbacks, but I already know someone's going to transfer. And you know I give my friend Reggie you know a hard time and let him know that hey, Ohio State to get another transfer to LSU. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm excited to uh dang, I'm really now excited to see Charleston Rambo. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know about that news. Um I'm excited again, I agree with you. I want them to expand the playoffs to eight. Just so we can stop. I've I've wanted that ever since that 
uh, UFC, I mean, UCF, swerving down. They won the national championship. Still, <laughs> I wanted to eight just so, you know, those FCS schools maybe either get an upset or they get steamrolled. So it's something to look forward to. I would prefer the NCAA to look back at the targeting rule. Um, and maybe, you know, like we spoke about last episode, maybe taking it back to, um, taking it back to maybe just a 15 yard penalty and then an ejection or, you know, just doing something different with that. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this new leaf of players. I will, I'm, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But I'm really looking forward to seeing the DN from Oregon. Tavon Thibodeau. Tavon Thibodeau. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a full season, hopefully. Um, Doesn't feel like we even have a time when this COVID thing is going to end. But (laughs) um, if the Pac-12 does play more than four games, then I'm looking forward to seeing him. Excited to see... uh, yeah, Jerry Rice's son, some more of him. Yep. So there so there's a lot of there's a lot of names and I've started to get, you know, more into like the twenty four seven sports, the recruiting trails. Um I'm excited to see this. So there's this linebacker that I just scroll past on Instagram. He just committed to Alabama. And he he's at Duncanville High School and I don't even know his name off the top of my head. But he's huge. I know what you're talking about. I've seen him. Yeah. And, like, I just scrolled yeah. past him, and I was like, this is really a high schooler. 18 years old, man. Like, I know, like, at South, y'all had, um, oh, boy, Tasco. Yeah. But this dude is huge. Like, I was it's, like, oh, my gosh. I don't know what they're feeding those kids. Hey. Just say that. I really don't know what they're feeding those kids. It's it isn't. It's not normal. <laughs> it's not. It's... And like just like they say, man, there's something in that Texas water. So I think it's Kendrick Blackshire, that's his name. Yes, like yeah, yeah. he's 16, huge. 245. 245 yep. as an eighteen year old. Like I know he's his parents mad. I know his parents mad at every time he goes to the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> oh my god. Like, you hungry again? Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! All We're right. getting so off topic. All right, let's let's keep on topic. Let's move on to the NFL. Um, so last week, uh, let's go through every game last week, and then we'll give our predictions for these upcoming games. So, qu- your reaction to the Colts and the Bills? Um, I'll say this. I was obviously. My prediction was Buffalo. Yeah. So seeing them win obviously made me my, my prediction correct. But I was also rooting for Philip Rivers, obviously for obvious reasons. But yeah. um I I think that this Buffalo team is just so talented. You have an elite quarterback right now, man, playing at a high level, the MVP level. Uh he's a top five, top six quarterback right now in my opinion. It's a heavy pass attack. It was a great game. It was really just a great game. And I don't know. I I would like to see. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing a Ravens Chiefs AFC Championship game. But I also really want to see a Bills Chiefs AFC Championship game. But 
I don't know if the Bills' passing attack, if they get one-dimensional and can't run the ball, I don't know with the secondary that Baltimore has, are they going to be able to throw the ball like that consistently for four straight quarters and just be one-dimensional? I don't know. I think the run game has to be relevant um, in this game against Baltimore, man. But it was a great game. I really think Josh Allen played awesome. Stephon Diggs, obviously. Um, the Colts' defense is the real deal. The Colts are really – they need a left tackle and a quarterback, and they're a, a playoff contender, man. Yeah, you can see they made made to the playoffs of Philip Rivers and Anthony Costanzo, who just retired today. But man, a quarterback and a left tackle, the Colts are going to be good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I I will say my prediction. I didn't think it was going to be this close, um, but I still had the Bills. Um, I, the Colts showed me a lot. They showed me a lot of fighting. Like you said, there, you know, you know, with them, it looks very, very. Um, they look close. They look close to looking like they're gonna make some upsets in the playoffs, maybe next year or the year after. But um, you know, I'm excited to see what the Colts bring. Um, but the Bills, they like you said, they have a lot of talent, and you know they they're moving on, and this should be a good one coming up next week. You called it with this Rams and Seahawks game. Uh, Listen. Draft analyst, I mean, not draft, but analyst of the year, Saray Poole. Listen, man, I, I, I just, I had a feeling about that Rams defense. It's arguably the best in the NFL. Um, I just had a feeling. This, I told you the Seahawks have been spotty all year long. And I just was like, dude, listen, if golf is playing, which he had to, yeah. the Rams will win. Right, I didn't think the Seahawks would have lost that game if Golf wasn't playing. I think Golf did enough, but really it was Cam Akers. They couldn't stop the run. Right, Seattle couldn't, and the defense played out of their mind. The Seahawks just fired their OC like maybe thirty minutes ago, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there was that, but it it's, it was time for a change. I think Russell. I think Russell Wilson has carried Pete Carroll for his entire career. I think Pete Carroll is an incredibly overrated coach. Okay. I think he's a really, really good coach. He's a he's a really good coach, but I think he's overrated in his in the NFL. He's a great college coach, really good NFL coach, right? He's probably going to go going to go down as a Hall of Famer when he's done. Yeah, um, but I do I do think he's a bit overrated as a head coach in the NFL, and I think that I'm not saying fire him because that'd be just stupid. But I think he's overrated, man. I think another year of that. I think another year of the Seahawks not winning a playoff game. Right. Okay. We've already changed our coordinators. What's next? You know what I mean? Yeah. So again, they they extend their GM today through twenty twenty seven. Have they not seen their draft picks in the first round and the yeah. second round? Like Seattle hasn't drafted well. They have not. Seattle is they're they're literally on the verge of having to blow this whole thing up. Seriously. Yeah. Um, they're they're on the verge. I I agree. Um, especially because. You know, I thought I thought a perfect landing spot because, of course, last year's draft, you know, they I mean, really, the only thing that's really saving their draft capital is DK Metcalf. Yes, but also you don't have any because you traded away for Jamal Adams. True. Yeah. And he's going to be a free agent here soon. So imagine him leaving if you guys don't get a deal done. You already have Russell Wilson on a huge contract. Um, I. I just, man, I'm telling you, they seriously, they need a corner. 
they need consistent pass rush. Yes, um, I don't Bobby, understand why they don't understand that. Yes, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright are getting up there in age, even though Bobby just made an all-pro team. Yeah, uh, There's a lot that goes into this, man. You're going to have to start to figure out that you're going to have to, in the, here in the near future, you're going to start cutting some guys, man, to save some cap. And they're just dudes or not. The team just needs a reboot. So maybe with the new offensive coordinator, the team will have the reboot they need. But seriously, they're going to have to pay Jamal Adams a lot of money. You're already paying um, Russell Wilson, right? DK Metcalf, no time soon. But in the future, he's going to need more money because he, he's flat at this level. He's going to get paid. So there's a lot that goes into this. But you got to start drafting better, right? If your cap space isn't going to be great and your money isn't going to be great, you got to draft better. That's what the Rams did. The Rams took all, you know – DBs in the sixth and seventh round. I was really high on Jordan Fuller at Ohio State. He's had a really good rookie year. So yes. you've got to start drafting one. If Seattle doesn't draft him, man, it's really going to hurt the franchise for the future. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like you said, they need consistent corner play. Um, I get some guys in there just to learn right now, just to learn from Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. Um, you need pass rushers. I I like Chris Carson, but they need consistent running backs. You know, it, it feels like it's always Chris Carson, some guy that they bring in for a one-year deal, and then that's about it. I like Chris Carson a lot. Um, I, I'm not really huge on running back. Like you can find running backs anywhere for really cheap. It's like I'm not really so worried about the running back position. I just think there's bigger needs on the offensive line. Uh, secondary pass rush. They don't have a true third wide receiver. David Moore is good, but is he a true number three? There's a man. I remember when they a long time ago traded away their center Max Unger for Jimmy Graham. Right, yeah. we see how that worked out. Right, there's just so many moves you could really harp on that has that's put them in the situation they're in today. So um, they've got a lot of thinking to do for the future. Agreed. Um, not really surprised with the Buccaneers in Washington, but it was a good game. Yeah. Taylor Heineke played better than we expected, but good game. Tampa Bay did what they had to do. They won, and um, a, a third matchup against the Saints. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, I know we both picked the Titans, but I think we both knew in the back of our head this is the game that where there could be an upset. I, I wouldn't consider it an upset. This game could have went either way. Yeah. Um, I just thought that. Tennessee, that fourth and two where you punt it, that's when they lost the game, right? You got a running back in Derrick Henry who, yeah, didn't play great. You know, Baltimore kind of balled it up for all the whole game. But yeah. fourth and two, I got a back who's six three two forty. I'm giving him the football. <laughs> there was really no thinking about that. So it was me. I would have went for it. You punt, and your defense really hadn't played great all year. I'm not really banking on my defense. That's not the strength of my team. Right. Um, I think Tennessee's a really good team, man. Baltimore's getting hot at the right time. I think the Baltimore-Tennessee rival that has been created the past two seasons has been great. Yeah. Um, I think they should. I think they should have these teams meet almost every other year in the regular season. I'd like to see that, but I don't know, man. Baltimore I mean, Lamar did. You got that monkey off his back. Yeah, I, I, for me, some people didn't agree. I thought this was a bit of a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. Right? You don't. You don't want to be known as that guy who just can't win a playoff game. Right. right. Can't play from. There were so many narratives. Can't play from behind. Can't, can't win a playoff game. He answered all. You know, shut all those critics up. So now it's just a matter of can you just keep progressing as a passer, which he has the ability, ability to do. So hopefully that happens. But you know, Baltimore played a good game. Yeah, they did. Um, I think, uh, like you said, that when they punted, you know, I kind of was like, oh, you guys kind of. Cemented your legacy in that one, so exactly. Um, exactly. But like you said, I I you know agree with you. It wasn't really an upset. It was more of a 
you know, it went could go either way. The Ravens took it this time. Um, glad for my boy Lamar to get that monkey off his back. Now he has to get the other monkey off his back, which is beating Patrick Mahomes if he gets there. So, um, yeah, if he gets there, not shocking. The Saints beat the Bears. That wasn't shocking at all. Um, hilarious of the, the commentary on Nickelodeon. I don't know if you watched it, but it was a little hilarious. Man, I I couldn't. I heard it was great, and I I seen bits and pieces, but I I just kept it on the regular broadcast and just watched it on the regular broadcast. I I didn't want to. Nickelodeon, it, it was funny. I, I get it, but I just could, I couldn't. I'm sorry. I just literally, I couldn't do it. Um, oh, I didn't watch the whole entire thing on Nickelodeon. Of course, I got annoyed and was like, "All right, that's childish." But it, you know, it, they made they made it they made a couple jokes, and it was it was cool. You know, it's cool for the kids. I think if I was younger, was just, I, I probably would watch it. Yeah, if you're a younger kid or you're a casual football fan, the Nickelodeon thing was good. No, no hard feelings there. I, people on Twitter made a big deal out of it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Just, yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was, it was a good thing. It worked out. Um, I called game after the blown snap on the Browns game, <laughs> um, oh, and I was speaking from experience at Super Bowl Forty Eight. So, yeah, I'm gonna say I know exactly where you're going with that. Um, that game was over before it got started. Twenty eight to zero. It was a blowout. Um, Pittsburgh tried to come back, just couldn't do it. I kind of think that the Steelers are in a hard position because you can move on from Big Ben and save some money, right? But in terms of their cap space, they're in the negative as projected cap for 2021, which is not good. Um, you're going to have to move on from Pouncey. Um, this is probably Juju's last game as a Steeler. James Connors, James Connors, really not that good. Um, they're in a hard position. You got to move on from Joe Hayden. They got to move on from a lot of veteran guys, man, and really reevaluate where they are as a team. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is due forty-one million dollars. Are you serious? I don't want to pay him forty-one million dollars in twenty twenty-one. No, and who's going to trade? Who's going to trade from at thirty-eight years old and year eighteen after what we just watched? Nobody, right? You can't effectively throw the ball down the field, so the ball has to come out quick. I think no team in the NFL got the ball out quicker than the Steelers did. That said, that speaks for itself right there. Um, they really got to reevaluate where they are as a team. And it may be defensively they're good, but they're going to have to replace some guys, right? Joe Hayden probably has to go. You got to think about what you want to do with Mike Hilton. Um, man, TJ Watts going to win a new contract. Bud Dupree, you can't pay all these guys. Bud Dupree just got off an injury. So the Steelers, I think, for a little, they're going to be in a weird spot, right? But if you want to bring Big Ben back on that expensive $40 million price tag, that's definitely not the most. You can, man, try to extend the contract out and, you know, save yourself some of the cap hit, but extending that means he has to keep playing for you. Um, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird situation, dude. They've really got to figure out what they want to do as far as player personnel and cap space. Exactly. I want to give credit to the Browns. They came out, they, you know, besides, of course, you know, the – it basically being over before it started, you know, I want to give them credit. They, you know, didn't, you know, get scared when, you know, Steelers started to creep creeping back up and tried to make a comeback. Um, you know, they played great. You know, I know you are not high on Jarvis Landry, but he had a pretty good game. He was good. He was good. Um, they made they made plays when they needed to make plays. Um so you know, I, I Baker Mayfield had a great game. Who I'm not very high on, but <laughs> um, <laughs> he had a good season. He had a good season. Um, 
he had a good season, and I will give him credit when credit is due, um, which he deserves his credit. He had a great season. He had a great first playoff game. Um, I don't think that they can, unless they come out and play their butts off, I don't think they there's an upset. But, you know, if they can continue this momentum, they can give the Chiefs problems. I agree with you as regards to the Steelers. They have a lot of tough decisions to make. But before we move on to our playoff predictions, I do want to ask you, because of all the controversy that happened this year with Juju and dancing on the logo, do you think that hurt his free agency? I don't think dancing hurt. I'm all for building your brand. I'm all for that. That doesn't bother me, right? He's got like over 3 million followers on TikTok or something like that. Like the whole dancing on the logo thing. Yeah. It wasn't a problem when they were 11-0. Right? Exactly. Everything is... Everything is broadcasted when you're losing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, realistically, you just got to take that one on the chin and move forward. <laughs> um, I don't think the talking you're doing, the Browns are the Browns, right? Then you come out and put on that performance. That doesn't help you. And then the whole Chase Claypool thing, after they lose, you know, he's talking trash. All the, the Browns are going to get clapped by the Chiefs. You're yeah. saying this after you guys lost yeah. badly. Like so the last thing you guys should be doing is talking right now. Exactly. Like just take your take your L and keep it pushing. Like that's what it is. I I don't know, man. I I, I don't think it's hurt his crazy, but I do think Pittsburgh may move in another direction, right? Because I don't think the money that they're going to offer him, he would agree to. Because I don't know, man. I just I, I don't think he's going to be a stiller. I'll, I'll say that. I don't think he's going to be a stiller after this year. I don't think so either. Um especially I and I, I'm curious on what type of contracts he's going to get because I think we both agree that he's a great number 2 receiver. Um, I don't even want to Okay. He's a quality number. I mean, he wants to play more on the outside and the Steelers had him playing more on the spot and in this in the slot and I really think it's just going to depend on where he goes. I think that one year he had that crazy year is cuz Antonio Brown was on the roster and all the number ones, you know, all the attention was paid to paid to Antonio Brown. So it was easy for him to, you know, have that easy he had. When it was time for him to be a true number one, he could do it. He's not a number one receiver in my opinion. He never will be. Right. Quality number quality number two receiver, I can give you that. And depending on where he goes, a really good quality number three receiver. But um I, I just I don't I don't see him as you got to think Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool also stole some of his targets. So. Yeah. Which, I mean, That's, rightfully so. They had pretty good years. Um, Chase Claypool had a pretty good rookie, rookie season. Um, I I do believe that, um, like, I, like I said, I agree with everything you said. You know, he's a great number two. I don't think he's a good number one. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I'm looking if... If in free agency, in my mind, in my predictions, you know, I'm looking towards all Cali teams. That is your Chargers, because um, he is from he is from Poly, he um, Long Beach area, and I think he, you know, might want to try to come home to California. So, um, I think if he's willing to take the correct pay, I think Juju's going to be a player where I think he gets overpaid, in my personal opinion, but. Um, 
But don't be surprised. I think a good landing spot for him if he takes the money and looks at the scenario. I think he will I think he would fit in great in Green Bay. He would. He really, really would. He would he would I, that's fit. a that's a really good fit as a matter of fact. But in a year where a year where these another loaded wide receiver class, why would we go pay this money to Juju if we don't have to? Yeah, which, I'm which looking at, I agree. I'm looking at his market value on Spot Track. Uh, his market value was five years, seventy-eight million dollars. Okay, that's what fifteen point six mil a year. I'm not sure I want to pay Juju that money. So at fifteen mil a year, that would put him at about thirteenth, fourteenth in the league in terms of salary. Which I think is a good spot for him yes but i just don't know if pittsburgh in particular is going to pay him that i don't think that's happening yeah I, I i can see from that perspective um but of course you know free agency will be coming up just as the draft is coming up so you know we can always get to that in a later episode um let's go ahead and give our picks and wrap it up saray um la rams and the packers um, I'm gonna let you go first because I'm still kind of thinking. I'm gonna take Green Bay. Um, Jared Goff and his thumb, broken thumb, might I add. Yeah, has to go to cold Green Bay weather. Um, Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams is a fun matchup. That Rams defense versus explosive Packers offense is gonna be the matchup. But I think I gotta go with the edge and the quarterback play because one, he's healthy, and they're the better team. I know the defense is fantastic. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to shut this offense down the same way they shut Seattle down. Right? I don't, I don't think it'll be a super high-scoring game, but I do think uh, Green Bay will be able to get points on the board and be able to consistently um, stop the run. Green Bay's run defense has improved, you know, over the few weeks. I remember that game against um, Tennessee; they looked really well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, if I don't I don't see Cam Akers having that same level of success he had against Seattle. So I'm taking Green Bay at home. Is Aaron Donald playing? He should be able to able to go. Yeah, I'm gonna pull a you. Oh man! If Rams. if and I don't know why, but something in my gut is telling me this, so I'm just gonna go ahead and go with it. If Aaron Donald doesn't play, I'll take the Packers. Okay, but if he Rams. does play, I got the Rams in the upset. Um. I don't – I think, like you said, uh, Ramsey and Adams is going to be a great matchup. I think he does slow down Adams a lot. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably won – he – with my own two eyes, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. And – um. And while I know he could fit it into any single window in the world, I don't know. Um, I think he may slip up. Jalen Ramsey gets a tip, turns into a pick. Um, If I remember correctly, they lost their left tackle for the rest of the year. Yes. Um, I don't know. Something in my gut is telling me Rams, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Rams. I'm going to go with my gut. Um. And I'll go ahead and go with the Rams. Uh, Ravens and the Bills. 
Oh, this is tough. Man, Baltimore's getting hot at the right time. Oh, man. Ah, this is tough, man. I have a feeling Baltimore wins this game. Oh, okay. I um I actually agree with you. Um I think they're the hotter team right now. Um I think Lamar's showing that he can go into, you know, another stadium and get that playoff win is gonna give him some confidence. Um I know the Bills have the better team right now, but I mean just like kind of how we saw the Titans get hot at the end of the year last year and they made it to the AFC championship. You know, I kind of see that with the Ravens in a sense. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens. Um, Browns and Chiefs, I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, it would be stupid to not take Kansas City. Um, I think it would be closer than people expect. Um, I agree with I that. Gotta, I, I got to roll with Kansas City still, man. Best team in football still. I agree. Um, and last but not least, the Buccaneers and the Saints in the Superdome. Give me – it's hard to beat a team three times, man. Yeah. It's really hard to beat a team three times. But I just don't know about this Buccaneers team. They've gotten a lot better. Their defensive scheme that they ran against the Saints last time they played didn't work, so it's obviously going to be a lot different. Um. Jeez, man. I, I think I'm rolling with the Saints, man. I don't I wanna take Tampa Bay, but I just I don't know. I'm going Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay. Okay. Final is that your final answer? Final answer, Tampa Bay. All right. Um Let's have a little conflict. I'll go with the Saints. Um just because I didn't see what I needed to see in a excuse me in that game against Washington. Um not saying that they should have fully blown them out, but it was I don't think it should have been as close as it was. Um Saints um you know, of course we're going to get that Marshawn Lattimore Mike Evans matchup which they always go at it. Um uh yeah i i think i just think the saints get the dub in this one um yeah i i i think wait why are they uh somebody out for, against this game against who uh for is there anybody on the bucks offense out against the saints not that i know of Oh, I'll look at these uh, articles later. But I think just because, you know, they, they're they getting Michael Thomas back. You know, he got his first touchdown of the season last week. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that they get the dub. So I'm going to go ahead and pencil myself in for the Saints. Um, so we shall see. Um Anything else you would like to add uh, regarding college football, NFL, NBA? You know, this is a full sports podcast. Anything else you would like to add, Saray? Uh, no, man. I think I'm, I think I'm good. 
I am uh also good. Um besides the nuggets look horrible this year, but we'll get on that a different day. <laughs> oh god. Um man. but uh yeah, appreciate you again, Saray, for you know your time. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Um go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and shout out y'all's podcast. Uh it's called the Draft Bible, correct? Well, the podcast network is called the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network. So if you just want to go subscribe to the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network, our particular podcast is called Inside the War Room. Me, Tyler, and Dante. But if you guys you know do want to hear more NFL Draft content, you can subscribe to the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network. Download the episode, give us a review. Appreciate it. Yeah, go ahead and check it out. You know, they know them boys know what they're talking about. Um, Tyler, Saray, and Dante, they all know what they're talking about. Um, if you're tired of hearing the tired old Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman talking about BS, and you want to hear some real NFL, and that's no shots, okay? There's no shots, but, you know, they, it is a little watered down. And, you know, if they, you know, they have any problem with it, they can fly me out to the first take, and I'll talk about it to their face. Oh, God. Um, I'd pay to see that. I'm bringing you with me. Hey, I guess we're rolling together. Hey, if they say, hey, man, we heard y'all was talking on the Drink More Water podcast. We heard the stuff that y'all was talking. And I'm going to say, okay, y'all heard y'all, so I need two plane tickets. I will meet you in wherever they shoot it at. They're in New York now, yeah. I believe. They're in New York, so you and I are going to New York, and we are going to out debate them, and we will get a show. That's hey, that's the plan. Make it happen. Send this podcast to Stephen A. Smith. Oh my god! All right, I'm on one. Uh, it's time for us to get off. <laughs> um, appreciate y'all listening, and again, in, in all seriousness, go check out Saray's, uh podcast. It's really good. Um, also, you know, share this podcast with as many people as you know that actually like sports. Um, thank you again, Saray, for being on the show. This has been the Dream More Water Podcast, and I'll catch y'all next time.